Earbud Media. Audio for everyone. Hi, I'm Shayna. And I'm Bryce. And welcome to Charmed, Charmed a, a Spellcast. Hey, you listening there. Have you heard about the witches with the really nice hair and a penchant for 90s style and kicking ass and taking names when names are worthwhile and knowing how to fight like girls? patriarchal demon infested world they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones they're the charmed ones charmed a spellcast welcome back welcome back welcome back oh you're not going with me on this welcome Welcome back. back and um so we've been away for a little bit. Yeah. Well, I I think we've been away for the normal amount of time. Oh but yeah. We norm- yeah. We haven't recorded as consistently together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So um, here in this little studio we like to call home. Uh, it's not home, but people here know us now, which is real nice. Yes, indeed. We bonded with several of the uh, front desk peoples. Yeah. Shout out to them. Um, so right here, right now, we would like to do a little bit. Of our segment, we'd like to call manner keeping. Manner keeping. Manner keeping. Get, uh, get, get the mop. Get, get the mop. <laughs> get the get the broom. We're going to sweep and then mop. Is that how you do it? Do you want to talk about your weekend? You had a busy weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Oh yeah, I do have something to highlight. Actually, of course. So, the body talk project is something that I went to recently, and it's essentially like an intersectional feminist storytelling space that moves around New York, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, all of the above. And I was fortunate enough to go see one of my friends speak. And the topic for the evening was storytelling about fashion and beauty. So kind of conceptions of yourself, your self-worth within those structures and against them. And it turned out to be a really cool thing. And I wanted to shout it out because if you live in New York or anywhere around New York or are planning on visiting, you can volunteer to be a storyteller and to just share your story. And it was very well attended. So a lot of people will be able to hear and get a lot of value out of your story. So check out Body Talk. Yeah, I love it. Good stuff. Thank you. Let me make sure it's called Body Talk. Because <laughs> that would be sad if it if I just said the wrong thing. Mm, okay. While you're doing that, I will give a recap of what I did this weekend. Um, the show that I was stage managing, Spring Awakening, had their one and only weekend of uh, shows the, this past Thursday through Saturday. Um, so I was heavily involved in that for most of the past few days. And it went, I thought, really well. I, I'm very grateful to have been a part of such an excellent production with an excellent cast and an excellent crew. And I am heartwarmed and I'm proud of the product that we put out there. I think also important to note is that because the show has such prominent themes of sexuality and understanding how uh, men and women, which this is a very binary cast, it's the, it was obviously set a long, long time ago. So there wasn't as much, there was more conservative um, politics at play um, within the background of the of the musical yeah it was a long time ago and it was german so yes yes but um because the show has such interesting um gender politics and it's it's very focused on sexual health and on mental health um the producers and the director of the play which they're all students decided to put together like a little bunch of resources to put at the beginning of the pamphlet or our program that just link people to places where you can discuss any issues you're having or figure out where you can get more help or support for these kinds of topics that might ring true for you once you've seen the musical. Heck yeah. Bryce Bryce did an amazing job, by the way. Thank you. As a stage manager. I got to go see it and everything was very impressive and I was super, super proud of her especially, but also all of the med students. Yeah. And like public health students who are putting on a dang musical. Yeah. So... Uh, I guess I should preface that this theater group that I'm a part of is um, a medical center 
a medical campus, medical center campus theater group, which means that it's comprised of med students, like, uh, not me, um, public health students, dental students, nursing students, other general grad students, uh, physical therapy, occupational therapy, just a whole range of people who live and work and exist on the medical center campus at Columbia. Yeah, so proud. Also, I wanted to make um, a slight alteration. So the storytelling I attended was called Body Talk, but the group that organizes it is called Body Politic. Mm. So check out Body Politic. Uh, I went to a podcast meetup for Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and it wow. was freaking amazing. Ah, Kristen and Jenny, please notice us. If you don't know, the big inspiration and influence on this podcast, sorry, I like drank a very gritty sip of my hot chocolate (laughs) has been buffering the vampire slayer yeah um so it was so cool to get to go see them in person meet a bunch of people who love watching sci-fi and fantasy tv and who are mostly queer mostly queer ladies and non-binary peeps um and it was fantastic and i hope that one day we too can have a meetup of at least three people yes you me my mom. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. my dog. He's uh, not a person. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, is there any other manner keeping we have to do? Oh! Yes. Okay, lots of people are writing reviews, which is so, so awesome. But nobody has sent us an email, so we don't know who you are to do a jingle for you. Don't be shy. Don't be shy. This is not shy know. hour. This is not the introvert out well i i'm already i'm already tired i gotta go take yeah a nap. we're both introverts this is introvert hour oh oh well well i guess we're done now give me your name <laughs> just give it to us yeah so let us let us know put your it name in an email or a nickname or anything put it in an email charmed spellcast without the a at gmail.com charmed spellcast at gmail.com wait or like charmed spellcast Oh, sorry. Charmed spell cast. There's no charmed a spell cast. Ah, It's charmed spell cast Mm, at gmail.com. That was good clarification for my very slow-moving brain. Thank you for giving me that example of slow-moving brain um, and how I might talk. And if you don't want to email us, just you can direct message us on Instagram if that's easier. Slide in. Same thing at charmed spell cast because we want to write jingles for you. And we want to show you that we appreciate you. Like, we are overjoyed every single time any of you write a a review and we like yell at each other like, yeah, they did it. Yeah, But we want to yell at you as well. (laughs) Yeah, we spend enough time yelling at each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Now we can pass that gift of uh, large uh, reaction. Yes. Onto you. Loud noises. Loud noises. I love lamp. Um, okay, so yes, I think that's all we have to say today. Yes. Right, folks, let's talk about season one, episode four of Charmed. Dead man walking. Dating. 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 Dead oh. man dating. Listeners, am I excited to oh, discuss? Listeners. Oh, listeners. Oh my god. Okay, I'm just going to say, first off, I've said this already, this is my favorite episode of this season. Possibly one of my favorites of the entire series. Um, um, it's it's because of two people. It's because of John Cho and Holly Marie Combs. I love them a lot, individually. They're great. I've followed their careers. Of course, they've made lots of incredible stuff and entertainment. But before John Cho got his big break, he was the love interest of Holly Marie Combs on this episode of Charmed. <laughs> I, I can't wait to talk about this. Oh my god. Okay. So, Dead Man Dating. Who wrote it? Did you do your research? I did. Okay. So, the person who wrote it, um, I am not going to pronounce their last name correctly, but it's Javier... Grio M A R X U A C H. Oh. Um, so I'm I in the interest of pr- not mangling it, I'm just not going to pronounce it. 
but they wrote it, and it was directed by Richard Compton, a guy whose name I can pronounce because I, too, am Caucasian. <laughs> Richard Compton, okay. Um, and then Javier. And Javier. This episode aired the 28th of October, 1998. Oh, I was off by, like, two weeks. A little bit. That's okay. Okay, so shall we dive right into this episode yes so we're gonna go again give you the general overline, uh, outline of the story from piper phoebe and prue and then we'll go see my scene hit the things that we want to talk about and close out with some arts yes oh my god y'all mm. i'm really excited you gotta stay till the end for this one um bryce is making her debut oh no her debut tune as out now a tune. spoken word artist um she is going to be performing her piece from the perspective of John Cho's character, and I have performed mine from that of Piper's. So what you need to do is you need to overlay the songs together. Yeah, exactly. Uh, play <laughs> one duet. in one corner of the room and mm-hmm. the other in the other corner of the mm-hmm. room. Stand in the middle of the room, and you can be transported back to October 28th, 1998. Uh, all right, so what happens to Piper during out, throughout this episode? Okay, so Piper's arc is that she is attempting to help a ghost, ghost find his way across to heaven where he should be um, before an evil spirit, or not an evil spirit, before a spirit damns him to yes. eternal suffering. The god of death. The god of death, Yama. Um, so that's Piper's little arc. And she ends up falling in love along the way. <laughs> I, it's so lovely. It is. Uh, Phoebe, meanwhile, um, has she starts with a very mundane issue. She wants to buy a birthday gift for her big sister, Prue. And normally she only buys Prue a card three days late, but not this time. No, no, no. She's going to buy a real present with real money, which means she needs to get a real job. Uh, so she takes up a job as a fortune teller at a hotel, which is a profession that I was not aware of, but it's one that she was able to obtain. Um, And then while she's there, she meets a hotel guest who she foresees the death of. So now she has to go through the episode, figure out how to warn him, prevent his death, um, and also make enough money to buy her older sister a gift. A gift. And Prue, in the most um, down-to-earth, I guess, of the three... Down to earth, I mean, like, most grounded in reality. Mm. Um, her arc this episode sees her getting closer to Andy, and Andy invites her to go on a spa getaway with him, which means they are getting closer together, Oh, only to discover that Andy has an ex-wife that he hasn't told Prue about. Oh, what is it? So there's some trust issues going on, and Prue and Andy must resolve them in order to go forward with their relationship. This is a jam-packed episode, folks. There is so much happening in this episode. We didn't even mention the criminality elements. My what? God. What happened? What am I talking about? Um, the, the, the triad. The triad. The triad. So we, we have a villain. We have two villains. We have, like kind of three villains in this episode yeah we've got a lot of competing uh, negative forces that the three sisters in their own way must somehow battle and costume changes wow gosh there's so much happening in this episode yeah let's just dive right in. okay let's go in let's get started okay so scene one so we're it's we're in the manor Mm -hmm. it's day Mm -hmm. and um andy comes on in Mm -hmm. and uh he asks Prue, whom they had a date the night previous, and they mm-hmm. had a very good date. He asked Prue if they, oh, sorry. He asked Prue if Prue would be so kind as to join him for a weekend at Calistoga. So this is the setup scene for everyone knowing that now Prue has to decide, do I go hang out with him on my birthday? Um, I got to make this decision before the end of the episode because it's a very uh, bite-sized bit of yeah. uh, entertainment. <laughs> Yeah, and basically, do they want to make their uh, relationship more serious is kind of the implication of Mm -hmm. her accepting this weekend with him. So next scene, we get introduced to Mark. 
Right. Oh, oh, we didn't say it's going to be Prue's birthday. Yes, it's Prue's birthday. Did you say she was a Scorpio? Yeah, Prue's a Scorpio. Prue's a freaking Scorpio. You can tell. It reads. First glance, you know <laughs> Prue's a Scorpio. I don't know what Shannon Doherty is, but I bet she's a Scorpio too. Uh-huh. Rising candy corn. Rising. As a rising Capri sun, <laughs> I can defi- definitely tell you that Mercury is in Gatorade. Mm. This, uh, this cycle. Damn. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and we move on to Jeez. scene two. Where we meet, oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Ooh, we screamed. <laughs> so I actually hollered. This We watched this over Skype at midnight, and I'm pretty sure one of my roommates heard me. <laughs> I gave a really high-pitched scream. It was piercing. It was, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> John Cho. John Cho. John Cho. Looking like a 90s uh, snack. <laughs> Looking like... An Asian Chandler from Friends. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is funny because then he then calls his mom mm-hmm. um, sh- the Chinese Shirley MacLaine. Oh, my God. <laughs> which which is funny. And his, his mother, the actress who plays his mother, is Elizabeth Sung, mm-hmm. who was a star in the Joy Luck Club and mm-hmm. Memoirs of a Geisha and has been in all sorts of television. And she is actually a... Uh, an actress from Hong Kong originally. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. So she's, yeah, she's playing a Chinese character. John Cho is Korean and is playing a Chinese character. Yes. <sighs> Big sigh. Big sigh. But what happens in this scene is that we meet Mark and we go to Chinatown for possibly the first time in any San Francisco set television show yeah. ever. Uh, Bryce and I did a brief survey looking through uh, as many television shows as mm-hmm. we could find that mm-hmm. were set in San Francisco. And none of none of them really, as we could remember, had standout Chinatown episodes that actually focused yeah. on people who live in Chinatown rather than yeah. just Chinatown as Passing an through. aesthetic background yeah and honestly most of the shows on the list i also did not know i think they're probably from like the 60s onwards to the 80s mm-hmm. the ones that i did recognize full house that's so raven uh monk saved by the bell saved by the bell oh the one the one episode or the one television show that i was for sure positive focused on chinese american characters or chinese immigrant characters in chinatown in san francisco was jackie chan adventure hell freaking yeah what a great show god i love that Jackie Chan has a bunch of puppies that he's, or like, I think they're golden retrievers, either golden retrievers or Labradors. Okay. And he always poses with them for pictures. Oh, oh. Anyway, so we're in Chinatown in San Francisco. San Francisco, city of snakes. And we meet Mark and his mom, who are two uh, Chinese people, uh, Cantonese, actually. They're speaking Cantonese. Nice. Which is, I, I mean, that makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that checks out. Uh, and... And Mark's mom is worried because her son is not taking the traditional measures to protect himself on his birthday. He's 23. He's 23. uh, 23 years young, John Cho. (laughs) Um, Not necessarily, but Mark is. Um, And he's telling her, Ma, don't worry. I'll be totally fine. I'll see you later. Birthday's not a big deal. It's fine. Okay, I'll be fine. Bye. In his big old suit jacket. Oh my god. That high waisted pants. Extremely gelled hair. It's great. So now we move on quickly back to the uh characters that we know and love. No. No? No, not at all. <gasps> this is when he gets got? Yeah. Never mind, I'm so sorry. Okay, so uh he says goodbye to his mom and then he walks into town, presumably to go to work, and he has got his briefcase and he's saying hi to everyone. Oh hi Mark. Oh hi Mark. Oh. <laughs> And um, oh, hi, Mark. oh hi Mark! And then Did he's walking it? down an alley because of, of course you gotta walk down an alley Rookie for mistake for bad things to happen to you because it's a TV show. And he gets got. He gets ambushed, and some dude is like, "Hey, you Mark, is it your birthday?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's my birthday." Um, make a wish, jerk, and <laughs> then shoots him. Yeah, he dies. Yeah. He dies, and and his ghost rises from his body, and Mark's ghost looks on as they this group of of uh, gangsters presumably douses his body with gasoline and burns him. I gotta say, as opening shots go, that was brutal. Yeah, this is all before the opening credits. They packed so much in here. Um, okay, and then it's the opening credits. 
I am the sun and the air. <laughs> Except you don't get to hear that because they don't have the title music anymore. Okay, scene three. All right, Piper and Phoebe are in the kitchen. Um, Piper is angry that Phoebe has not yet sent out the surprise B-Day invites for Prue's B-Day. Um, and then Prue comes down and is like, oh, I don't want a surprise B-Day. And I, Andy also invited me to go to the spa retreat. Um, and Piper's like, great, good, because I, I wasn't planning yeah. anything. I, I also hate surprise B-Days. Yeah, she says stuffing the confetti <laughs> into her pants. <laughs> So they're debating, now that Piper's kind of brushing to the side the surprise party, uh, they're debating whether or not Prue should go with Andy. Phoebe uh, wants to get a job because she wants to buy a present for Prue for Prue's birthday. So in this scene, this next scene, we see Phoebe going to this new job that she has answered an ad for in the papers. In the SF Chronicle. <laughs> Where? The papes. Uh, all right, so she goes to her... Well, the job that she is trying to get, which is being a fortune teller at, in a hotel lobby. A side chick. A side, is that what that is? Yeah, side chick. Psychic chick. Ah, that's cool. I, oh, all right. Love it. Cool. So right. Phoebe gets a job because she uses her psychic abilities to tell the guy who's hiring her, a hotel manager, I guess, that um, she can see his sleazy future. Okay. Uh, okay. All right, so now we get to some real meat and potatoes. Piper runs into the hotel lobby and sees that this is Phoebe's new job. And she's like, what? This is, like, not a real job. And then Mark runs in and is like, hey, are you guys psychics? Can you see me? And they're both like, yeah, of course we can see you. You're a dude. You're just standing there. But guess what, listeners? He's not just a dude. He's a ghost boy. (laughs) Ghost boy. John Cho. That's your jingle for the day. <laughs> um, yes, so he runs in to see the amazing Phoebe, who's dressed in an I Dream of Jeannie pink outfit. Um, I love how she says, oh, no, no, I'm not, I'm not a witch. I'm the amazing Phoebe. <laughs> I, I want that kind of confidence. Um, so, yes, so he's tried every other psychic in the city. The hotel manager comes back and says, Phoebe, get to work. There are customers. And so Piper walks out in a huff, and uh, Mark follows her, and they're walking in the street, and she's like, stop harassing me, buddy. Talk to the hand. I'm calling the police. (laughs) Ghost boy Mark. Ghost boy Mark. And then she turns around, and as he's in the middle of the street, he gets run through with a bicycle. (gasps) Because he's ghost. He's ghost. He can be impaled and still exist on the ghost plane. He's a phantom. A phantom menace. Phantom tollbooth. Phantom of the opera. I hate that musical. (laughs) I can't believe I said it. (laughs) (sighs) If If you had gone first, I would have ended up saying it. There are only three works of art in this world. What? Uh, is there really? Phantom Thread! Ah! Thank you, Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, didn't okay. want to Didn't want to end on an Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, okay, so, so he's really yeah. a ghost. He's a ghost, and Piper's like, oh, damn, you're a ghost. And he's like, yeah, uh, that's what I've been trying to tell you. All right. Okay, uh, so then the next scene is where... Prue goes to Quake and finds Andy and finds Andy with his ex-wife having lunch. So anyway, so Prue finds him and Susan Trudeau at Quake. Ex-wife. Ex-wife. And she walks out promptly and Andy tries to follow her, but she sends him into the dessert cart. Into that disgusting cake. Does the dessert cart get sent into him? Yes. He doesn't get thrown into it. The dessert carts get thrown into him. There is a collision. Yes. And she makes her speedy escape. Would you say it's a hasty pudding escape? Why, yes. That is exactly what I would say. I can't believe you said it first. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. This is the worst Um, pun tangent. I really think we've been rusty 
because we have waited so long to record this episode. I think I think I'm doing the exact same thing I usually do. You're rusty because you're not telling me to shut up and move. We gotta along. keep moving. Okay, Shana. Here we go. What, hap- what happens next? So we're in Chinatown. So uh, Mark is explaining to Piper that the reason they have to go find his body and get his mom to give him a proper burial mm-hmm. is because if he does not have a proper burial, mm-hmm. then Yama will who is the god of death in i guess so i would guess that mark is buddhist yes um or his family is buddhist at least so that yama does not take his soul Mm -hmm. to be forever in purgatory yeah um so he needs to be buried before yama finds him um Yama wants souls. Souls. And uh, Foggy alleys, as they are in Mm -hmm. searching for his body, are perfect for dramatic spirit entrances. Yes. Also, real quick uh, aside here, what a first date. Hey, girl, (laughs) you want to come see my charred remains? Well, we're not there yet. Okay, I'm they're sorry. Not, I'm, I'm jumping the gun. They're here. not romantically connected yet. I mean, we both feel it in our bones. Yeah. But, like, they're not acknowledging it yeah. yet. All right, fair enough. They don't so, know yet what's right in front of them. So, I guess, first hangout, want to come see my charred remains. That's so intense. Though. Like, seeing a body is a lot. Seeing a burnt-to-bits body? It's uh, traumatizing, yeah. Yeah. Poor Piper. Poor Piper. So uh, while they're there inspecting his lovely burnt crisp of a of a body, um, Yama appears through the fog. Yeah, and uh, Bryce and I both looked up Yama because we're not super familiar mm-hmm. with the etymology slash mythology. Um, yes, and it looks like he is uh, the god of death who carries across many different religious mm-hmm. beliefs and national backgrounds especially so it's he's present in japanese and chinese religion and Mm -hmm. mythology and he's also present in hindu religion and mythology and he is pictured riding like a bull oh or something something of that sort and with a spear he's not rendered exactly the same but that is still a trait so that was cool and Even if uh, there are some more questionable things that happen in this episode, which we will get to, mm-hmm. um, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, at least that was like a semi-accurate depiction. Semi, yeah. At least it used... Man, we're giving so many qualifiers to this. It did draw on existent mythology mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than make up something completely different, but just use the name and... Um, or like cultural origin Mm -hmm. as saying like we have the artistic license to do whatever we want with this yes all right is there anything really important that we also want to mention here before we take off into the next piper can freeze spirits yeah why she froze him he's she she froze a god she freaking froze oh god i gotta get better at this i need a swear jar sorry mom (laughs) oh my mom called me and she was like i heard your shout out on the last episode I think thank you. (laughs) (laughs) My mom also called me, or uh, I was talking to my mom. She was like, oh, yeah, I listened to your first episode. Oh, my gosh. She liked it. We're going to stop this now. We've made our parents happy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so Piper can freeze spirits, and then... Uh, and Mark looks real scared. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, Yama's coming to take me. Oh, please don't take me. He, like, curls up into a little, like, he puts his <laughs> hands up. He puts his hands up near his face like, oh, please don't hurt me. And um, and then when Piper freezes him, it's like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess we got to run. <laughs> so they take off. All right. Uh, next thing that happens is that the all I've written down is that the surprise party is off. Yeah, and Prue essentially says um, Andy should have told her that he had an ex-wife before they jumped in the sack. Um, so, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know, I guess. I feel like disclosing your entire dating history mm-hmm. is not something you necessarily need to do. I agree. Before a first date or before mm-hmm. even a first, like, hookup, because that's essentially what they did. Yeah. It wasn't even a date. They yeah. just hooked up. Um but, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. I don't feel you have to disclose everything. Mm-hmm. Also, I've never dated a person who had been married before. Yeah. yeah. Which carries weight. Yeah. 
I suppose what is most shocking is that he had had this very intense relationship with another person because as a first-time watcher, you kind of go into the show and you're like, oh, they're destined to be. Right, Because yeah. they, they've been like having this will-they-won't-they relationship since the very first episode. And to realize that he had already engaged in such a strong commitment with somebody else is a shocker, I think, for the audience. More Well, I guess more I so agree. for Prue, but I yeah. think that for the audience as well. It definitely caught me off guard. Yeah, I didn't think that would be something they brought in, but they did. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of explore yeah. these questions of trust, also to throw another wrench into the mix yeah. for Andy and Prue. So the surprise party's off. Prue says that she no longer wants to have a party because of Andy, mm-hmm. and it's all three sisters talking inside their manor. Um, Prue has just stepped out of the shower. Yeah, and Piper uh, has brought mark home so that they all can help him because mm-hmm. she has just seen that there is a god of death trying to take him and she's also seen that he is definitely a dead person and yep. now she wants to bring her sisters in on this yeah power of three you know solving mm-hmm. crimes and stuff and um and ghost crimes ghost crimes yeah. and then in <sighs> downstairs in the kitchen yeah uh that's where they have the rest of the conversation yes and then mark pops through the door just his upper half yeah and it's like hey how's it going in there <laughs> and they're like yeah get out of here yeah and um prue says something like oh i think she was like don't they ever knock don't they ever knock yeah which i was like <laughs> stupid anyway okay yes now right. we're at the hotel phoebe's back at her job uh doing her job stuff and um someone left behind a wallet she goes to grab it and she touches it and sees a premonition of the guy who owns the wallet getting into a car accident where he, wherein he gets run over by a pink convertible. <gasps> um, great. Okay, next scene. Mark can't watch TV. Mark can't watch TV! This is, um... So I feel like every ap- episode halfway through, they have to have a moment of, like, let's get serious, let's yeah. talk about something Introspection. real. Introspection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every single one, you're right. They have had that sort of, like, s- quieter scene. Yeah. In which it's only a few, maybe like one or two people. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Most of these episodes are such high stakes. Like, there are evil spirits from, like, age-old ancient times. And I guess sometimes they want to remind the audience, like, these people are having issues that they are grappling with. Uh, so Piper comes in and she's like, what's up? What's going on, buddy? What's up, bud? Did ghosts get cold? I brought you blankets. Yeah, so sweet. And he's like, I don't even have to sleep. He's like, I, there are so many things that I, I miss doing mm-hmm. that I just took for granted doing every day, like sucking down oysters at the <laughs> wharf. San, San Diego. <laughs> he's just he's just missing a lot of his ordinary life. Yeah. Which is very sad. Mm-hmm. And uh, this entire scene, or not scene, this entire episode has this through line of don't take things for granted. Yeah celebrate while you can live in the moment and appreciate everyone around you yeah overall like could definitely be seen as preachy i can see it Mm -hmm. but because there are so many other things going on in the episode so many other elements and it is very personal story too Mm -hmm. i don't think it's as preachy as it could be i think it was uh it was affecting yeah and then I, I also think that if you look at it not as a story about life and death, but as a story about timing and how people can come into your life that are very, very special, but the timing just isn't there. Oh, yeah. I thought that that moment of how life is fleeting and sometimes you have to take your moments where you can was also very powerful. Definitely. And I think it's made all the more powerful by this scene in which Piper and Mark actually bond. Right. Rather than just running away from things, because you can definitely bond in disaster. Right. But they also get this quieter, realistic-ish, yeah. you know, finger through the TV. <laughs> but they they have a they have a real conversation, and they start talking about food and yeah. cooking. Mark was taught to cook by his mom. Uh, Piper was taught to cook by Her their grandma. Gram- yeah, yeah. Grams. It's um, it's a day before Thanksgiving right now. Currently, yes. Currently, as we record this, and uh, when you listen to this, it'll be the day after. Oh my goodness, you're it's right. It's a fast turnaround. Um, happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate. I don't really like Thanksgiving as mm-hmm. a concept because um, of what it has affected, which. In, in the very first place is really mm-hmm. 
colonial destruction of indigenous people and land. So I don't appreciate that at all. However, because we do live in the United States, we get the day off. Mm. And um, we usually get the rest of the weekend off too. So I do take advantage of that time to take a little rest and to be with friends, usually with family, um, and be surrounded by the people I love. So I think that ties into the this scene and into this episode pretty well, actually. Anyway, so just the concept of being of of uh fully appreciating the things that yeah. people you love give you including their time and mm-hmm. knowledge moving on moving right along uh mr cory you're gonna Corey. die <laughs> that's it yeah phoebe spends the ne- most of the next scene chasing down mr cory uh in the hotel room trying to tell him do not go outside a pink convertible will try to run you over don't have your briefcase you will die don't yeah and um, her her smile we talked about yeah. Alyssa Milano's I'm so helpful <laughs> smile is a favorite. <laughs> yeah, um, of course, Mr. Corey is uh, rightfully perturbed. He's like, this crazy lady is yelling at me that I'm going to die. Uh, I should leave probably right now, right away with my wife. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That Phoebe mm-hmm. gave uh, true advice to as well, and the wife didn't like the advice. Yeah, it was about the wife's weight, so yeah, I see. so understandable. <laughs> Um, and also, the, the, there's just like a whole flurry of miscommunication because Phoebe's like, you're going to die. And Corey's like, you're trying to kill me. And Phoebe's like, no, that's not what I meant. It, that came out wrong. Just don't go outside with your briefcase. Pink convertible. Okay. Next, Andy visits Prue. Sneaky Andy. It's her workplace. workplace. Sneaky, sneaky Inspector Trudeau. Um, yeah, so he gives her flowers and he tries to apologize, mm-hmm. but also he doesn't really. He accuses her. He accuses her of hiding something from him, yeah. which is true. Yes. She is. She's not talking true. about her powers, true. her identity. True. Um, but he turns it on her and says that she's making this into something it's not. Yes. Which I don't actually agree with. I disagree with. Yeah. Um. I think that's an argument that's used a lot to belittle people on the basis of their emotional reaction mm-hmm. to things. Like, you're making a big deal out of this. Mm-hmm. It's not really a big deal. You're turning it into something. It's only mm-hmm. something because you're reacting. Uh-huh. Um, and that's unfair. And it's yeah. using the concept of absolute objectivity as only being held usually by a dude, mm-hmm. <laughs> by an authority figure. What I will say, though, is that I do think the issues Piper, sorry, uh, Prue had with Andy having an ex-wife was personal. Like, yeah. I don't think there was, uh, like you, I agree that there wasn't, there, it, uh, there shouldn't be a real issue there, that he doesn't need to tell her every single relationship he's had in the past. So it's partly her own viewpoint, but it's not because she has her own secret that she's hiding. Yeah. It's just because she deals with relationships and views them in a different way from him. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think it is unfair to tell someone that, like, they shouldn't feel a certain way about something. Yeah. I think it's fair to disagree with the actions mm-hmm. someone's take, someone ends up taking, mm-hmm. but not the reactions. Because your reactions are you, your own, mm-hmm. your initial reactions at least, your emotional response. Right. And that helps people process and decide how they're going to act. Right. So telling someone to disregard how they feel is really unhealthy. Fair, fair. And I know that the writers were trying to make it seem as if Andy was correct. Mm -hmm. That's the way they'd written the scene. I disagree. I also disagree. Disagree with the writer. Disagree with the the reading of that, or not the reading, but the writing of that scene. The intention of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the next scene that happens is that um, Piper goes to Mark's mom's house with Mark, and they try to tell his mom that he's dead so that she will find his body. And it turns out while they're there that the police had never contacted her, which is weird. Um, and Piper chickens out and can't tell can't tell the mom that Mark is dead. Big pressure. Yeah. So we still gotta find we still gotta get Mark's body buried because Yama is out there. Uh, what happens next? Phoebe and Prue clean. Yep. Phoebe and Prue are both stress cleaning the kitchen because of stupid people. 
What's important to discuss in this moment? Uh, what's important to discuss in this moment is that Phoebe is wearing a plaid headband <laughs> that matches Prue's flannel shirt. I think the other important thing is that this is the first time Prue approves of Phoebe. Yeah. They've both come a long way mm-hmm. in these four episodes. They've mm-hmm. been together, and uh, they're having honest talks with each other. And they're both expressing affection for each other, too. Wow. Repairing a broken relationship. Yeah. Uh Next scene, they find Mark's bod. That's what <laughs> I wrote. <laughs> yeah, so they, uh, police found the body, um, and they reported on TV as the body of Chinatown triad head Tony, Tony Wong. Tony Wong! Yeah. Um, um, oh. Okay, so here's the backstory that we learned just now. The reason why Mark had gotten got is because the triads are trying to smuggle Tony Wong out of the city by faking his death. And to do that, they uh, whew, they found someone who apparently looks a lot like Tony. And has the same birthday. Ah, that was it? Okay. Mm-hmm. So they found someone who has the same birthday and looks a lot like Tony, killed him, burned his body beyond recognition, and... Uh, and put a ring on. Oh, put the ring, Tony's yeah. ring. That was the identifying feature. Yeah. Um, and uh, Prue says, oh, yeah, I guess they, you do look alike. They I don't. Gotta they say, don't. They really do not look at alike. At all. <laughs> Where is, there is no real resemblance. Whatever. Racism. So the, the next thing that needs to happen is they need to convince the police that Tony Wong is still alive. That is Mark's body. We need to bury it. Otherwise, Yama is coming to bring Mark into hell. So Phoebe, no, Piper, comes up with the most wild scheme I've ever seen her devise. She's brilliant, I, but it's also very complicated. So what they did is she ran into the room that uh, Tony Wong was hiding out in. She froze everyone. She rushed over to him, placed the newspaper with the headlines, which was that um, Tony Wong had been found killed, put it into his arms, took a picture, and then rushed out again before they unfroze. Yeah, and um, I would like to make a note of this scene that uh, it was my favorite subtle piece of writing so far. Oh, yeah? In which uh, there's an amulet on the door to Uh, protect against ghosts and spirits. So Mark's like, I can't go in there. Yeah. Uh, You know, better turn back now. And Piper's like, "Uh, no. And she just lifts the amulet (laughs) off the door and drops it. And uh, Mark goes, Oh, huh. never mind. <laughs> uh, wow. Piper was wildly badass in this scene. Yeah, this was awesome. This is amazing. Um, but then as they're speeding away, Tony writes down <gasps> Piper's license yeah, plate. Yeah, he unfreezes and he's like, get that car. Wait, I'll just write it down dramatically on the back of my hand. Yeah, they brought out the guns but didn't shoot. They mm-hmm. just wrote down the license plate number. The pen is mightier than the sword. The uh, gun. Okay, yes. Piper goes to the precinct to drop off the evidence mm-hmm. um, and then talks to Andy. Yeah, and talks to Andy, who uh, thinks she's talking to herself when she's talking to Mark, and then tries to get advice about how she, he should handle Prue. Mm-hmm. Piper says, just give her space. Andy's like, okay, and hugs Piper, and it's like, okay, that's a little weird. Uh, and, and then Mark yeah. wants to take Piper to a secondary location. Never go. Um, Except yeah. this time it was good. Yeah. Okay. Yes. But we'll next get to time. that. We'll get to that. So the next thing that happens is that Phoebe, it's crunch time. Mr. Corey is trying to exit the building with his briefcase. But he goes. He goes anyway. He runs away from her. And she runs out and the pink convertible is approaching. And she tackles him to the ground out of the way of the pink convertible, saves his life, and says, that'll be $20, please, not including tip. Uh, so, so she did it. Yeah. So that was basically, we just closed out a story arc there mm-hmm. um, for for one of the sisters. Uh, so then the next thing is we go to the second lo- secondary location that Mark wanted to bring Piper to. And it's his old apartment in yeah. Chinatown. Sweet little place. It's a really lovely little place. And he wants to give her his grandfather's recipes. Handwritten. That, that handwritten recipes that his father had translated when Mark was born. Also handwritten. And um, basically he says, you know what? You need to convince Prue to go to this party because she needs to really respect and fully be thankful for and appreciate every single day live each day as your last yeah it's i didn't respect my birthday and look where i am now i'll never Mm -hmm. celebrate another birthday 
So I want you to make these recipes for her party. I also just wanted to say that I love that the way these two bond is through food because food is representative of that kind of communion between people and the fact that his food is also very ethnically and culturally placed and he's giving that to her. It's like a crossing of these two worlds and I love that. It's a crossing of the spirit world and the human world too. Heckle deckle. Heckle deckle. Heckle jekyll. <laughs> jekyll and Hyde. Um, yeah. No, it's there are a lot of really lovely themes within that. Yeah. Nice. Okay. So they go back to the manor. Prue is flicking through channels. Um, and Phoebe tells her about how she saved somebody's life. Yeah. And it felt so good. Yeah. And this is when Phoebe becomes an ambulance chaser. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. But uh, they just feel well they feel on opposite sides of the spectrum in which phoebe feels so full of purpose and prue doesn't really know what to do yeah but they're both supporting each other yeah a beautiful moment something that the two that these two sisters in particular haven't really been able to have with each other for the past couple of episodes and uh, phoebe says give to get that's the secret of life and i was like "Hmm, really huh what what is what do you think the secret of life is (laughs) I uh, think. Come it's, on. It's um, give to get. Okay. So I this is the scene that I think is the one I want to talk about the most. The one, maybe I'm skipping a scene, but th- is the next one where Mark and... Mm-hmm. Ghost sex. Right. Sorry, right. that was indelicate. <laughs> well, I mean, I could be ghost sex. I saw it as very uh, intense hover handing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, all right, so Mark and Piper have, they've had a lot of very um, soft moments throughout this episode, but this, this is the one that softs them all. This is the softest moment. <laughs> the softest moment, and my little heart gave out. If they were not a heterosexual pairing, I would call it gay. <laughs> um, In a nutshell. So let's, let's dive into this. What happens? Um... So basically, they get back, and uh, that's it. They're just in the hallway and like very emotional, mm-hmm. and Mark is Mark is very depressed. Yeah, essentially, and he's again just missing out on all the things that he will never get to experience again. Mm-hmm. And so Piper tells him to close his eyes so he can imagine that he can feel her touch. Yeah. Um, and it's so tender yeah. and so sweet and sad. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm sorry. And I, the, what was saddest about this is not because he was nostalgic for all of his past that he couldn't relive, but there was also an unwritten future that he might have had had he been... Well, he, they. this is like the moment where they confess to each other, sort of, that yeah. they like each other. Like, mm-hmm. they like like each other. Like like? <laughs> they like mm-hmm. like. And... That will never be something in the cards for them. Yeah. It's it's sad. And also, I wanted to bring up, and we kind of talked about it. Not really. We didn't no, talk about we're it. We're saving it for the pod. No. Um, so I wanted to bring up that uh, John Cho portrayed as a viable romantic lead. Mm-hmm. And this is actually mm-hmm. something that really did not happen in American television. <laughs> Um, There are not, still, there are not a ton of Asian-American males Mm -hmm. um, pictured on American television Mm -hmm. who have romantic storylines or are considered to be, um, like, portrayed as masculine Mm -hmm. and desirable, Mm -hmm. which is, of course, something that is deeply rooted in stereotype, in xenophobia, in a lot of really awful and toxic racist imagery. Mm-hmm. Um, but he gets this really lovely, tender moment. And despite this episode having a lot of flaws, casting a Chinese man, or sorry, casting a Korean man as a Chinese character, um, kind of being indelicate about imagery when it comes to like Chinese gangsters. Mm and things like that. There's a lot of stuff that's like questionable, 
but this is really powerful. Yeah, I fully agree. That was really well said, and every point was like perfectly spot on. Um, the demasculization of Asian American males in American cinema is pervasive mm-hmm. and intense. Vulture, I think like a year or two ago, did this piece where they just listed every single possible um, romantic lead that had an Asian male in it, or an Asian American male. And the fact that they could write a fairly comprehensive list was like, that means that there's not that many. And it's and, and anyway, um, the ones that are shown are like poorly done. Um, usually the Asian American male character in American cinema is someone who's nerdy, someone who has no chance with women, someone who is very effeminate or who doesn't have like a strong um, personality or presence of their own. And Mark was totally the opposite of all of that. He was sweet, he was charming, he was funny. He wasn't like aggressive or like overly um, like macho. He was like a real sensitive person. And I think that that was part of his charm. I think so too. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, there was no possibility for them to touch. Yes. Um, okay, so first of all, the fact that this happened in the 90s before Steve Young on Walking Dead, before uh, Crazy Rich Asians came out this past year, the fact that this happened way back then, astonishing, because the Asian guy never gets the girl, especially the white girl, on U.S. cinema, U.S. television, and... Um, well, they don't kiss, really, but still. They don't. They get they really close. They almost do. They get really close. And it's not a function of his being Asian yeah. or Asian American. It's mm-hmm. a function of his being a ghost. Mm-hmm. Ah! I agree. I agree. Um, but but the longing is there. The yes. desire is yes. there. And that's really important. Yes, indeed. And what's also great is that his um, ethnicity was central to his character. I think for a lot of uh, romantic leads that are Asian and people are like, oh, you can see we're bucking the trend here. Like, we're, we're progressive now. Oh, I'm sorry. Like, we're progressive now. But it's almost like those roles are written as if they were white. They just casted an Asian person to be in it. Mm. And I think John Cho even said in a recent interview, like, oh, I don't go for roles anymore that has Asian written in. I want to be, like, a character. Like, I want to be the person, you know, which is, like... I can see what he's going for, but also like it's okay to go for a role that has a central facet of it be that person's raceless slash ethnicity. But I, I know what he's like trying to say. Like it's problematic in itself that you have to be a character because of your race and ethnicity. Um, but anyway, his his culture was a part of him, but which was great, and he was still a romantic lead, but he was still also very American, and I that is like so so rare. Um, and then the last things that I want to say about this is that I just want to touch on a few other instances of Asian American males being a romantic lead. Um, and the other one that I'm thinking of is John Cho again in Selfie, which was a television show that came out like a year ago and they canceled it, but he was going to get together with Karen Gillan. I remember um, that, yeah. That was, that was like supposed to be, everyone was like, oh, he's got a second chance to like kiss someone and he doesn't because they canceled the show. Um, <laughs> to be fair, it was... Um, based on Pygmalion. You're right. I, th- it was problematic because he was supposed to be this older guy and she was like doe-eyed and there are some other things written into and it a millennial that were not great. And like vapid. Mm-hmm. So there were other politics. Mm-hmm. But I would have loved to see John Cho and Karen Gillan get together. Yes. Hell for yeah. sure. For sure. Uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. <gasps> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Josh Chang. Um, another good one because he, he, um, uh, What's the word? Bucks. Bucks. Because he bucks the usual stereotype. Bucks. of what, <laughs> He butts it. Of what Asian American men should be. He's not good at math. He's very unambitious. And he's also just kind of like goofy. Interestingly, same thing on The Good Place. Yeah? Manny Jacinto. Um, oh, he's the original. Not to like give anything away, but he's the one who came in as a monk, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, spoilers for The Good Place, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but... Uh, he's a Filipino act- actor, Filipino-American mm-hmm. actor, um, if playing a Filipino-American <laughs> character who's masquerading as a Taiwanese monk, <laughs> which is really funny, actually. Wow, um, that's and, really good. Yeah, and he also plays kind of a doofus, Yeah, but like very good-hearted doofus role. Oh, also, 
How to Get Away with Murder. Yes, Oliver. Oliver. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. A queer Asian American male. That's true. Yeah. And he's HIV positive. Incredible. Wow. Not the actor. No, 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 no. The the character. But yeah, so we're we're working. But this is all like 20 years after yes. John Cho. Yes, I will say that for most of my childhood, I did not think that Asian men were going to kiss people because they didn't in any of the movies that I watched. Oh. Yeah, like even in the movies where it was like Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan never kisses people. He just comes in and then his American sidekick does all the talking and then Jackie Chan kicks a bunch of butts. I, I'm not really repeating anything like new here that we haven't discussed. I'm just like reiterating everything that you said first, but with like more loud noises. Yes. <laughs> uh, and then the, I just wanted to close on this last funny thing that felt relevant to this conversation. Recently, I've been watching a lot of Hassan Minaj's The Patriot Act, which is a new talk show on Netflix, and I highly recommend it. But I highly recommend anything Hassan Minaj does. He has a bunch of clips on YouTube where he does like a little back, behind the scenes thing on his show. In one of the clips, um, he's um, someone. He does a Q and A portion, and someone gives him a question that's like, "Hey, can I meet some of your uh, uh, writers? Because I'm I'm looking to like see if you have any single male writers in the room." And he's like, "Great!" And he like brings out two of them, and their names are like like Moss and the other person whose name I forgot. Like decidedly not white people. And then the person who gave him the question raises her hand, and she's like, "Yeah, didn't you have someone named Ryan in your writing staff?" And Hassan is like. Oh, that's how it's going to be. It's dirty in these streets. Um, so, yeah, he brings out his last staff writer, who was the whitest guy to ever white. And and this girl is like, yeah, that guy's hot. And the son was like, oh, shit. This is real? This is real. What the shit? Yeah, no, this happens, like, on YouTube. You can totally see this thing. And, I mean, he plays it for laughs. He's like, ah, yeah, like my, my recent comedy special, I talked about being a brown guy rejected by a white girl, and now that I've seen it, damn, that's hilarious. Like, I get it. <laughs> but um, when I stepped back and I, like, watched it, I was like, she literally skipped over the first two people who were, like, not unattractive. Like, I, I mean, they were in the shadows, but I thought they were kind of cute. And she skipped over both of them and was like, yeah, where's the white guy? Where's the guy named Ryan? <laughs> Which, I mean, could just be her preference, but whatever. I just thought it was a, it, it just speaks to this moment about how I really do think it's relevant that Asian men in America are not seen as someone that you can date. Yeah. All right. Okay, yeah. But then Piper gets kidnapped. Yes. Uh, the triads. They, like, found her because of her car license plate. And they grab her. And so now the sisters are on the hunt. Yeah, led by Mark. Led by Mark. Uh, and finally, Andy gets into his office, and he's, like, sipping his coffee, unwrapping his uh, documents, and he finally finds the picture that Phoebe, er, Piper had dropped off that shows Tony Wong alive and well, holding the headlines that say that he is dead. So, like the many other episodes of Charmed, the police are going to get there right after the scene yes. of the crime. Um, okay, they're one step ahead. So then Piper is being held captive in Tony's lair. Yes. And she takes upon the time-honored tradition of making the villain explain things <laughs> to Saul. <laughs> um, and she's tied to a chair, and she's, she's playing it really cool. I know. Okay, uh, so they rush in to save Piper. Yes. Um, and they're, it's, it's uh, the remaining Charmed Ones and Mark, and they yes. rush in and... People are shooting real guns with real bullets. Real bullets. Those kill people. Oh, my God. Um, but the girls uh, save Piper, who freezes uh, Tony, got loose enough. Her hands got loose yes. enough to freeze Tony. And his bullet, which is headed straight for Prue. And then um, Prue, as Tony unfreezes, Prue moves him right on out of the, the uh, oh, yeah. lair, the office. Shoves him out all, like somewhere shoves him out the balcony i don't know yeah and uh he runs down and he gets out into the streets and the cops are waiting for him ah they're there ah it's and a shootout it's a shootout he looks like he's going to surrender but then he raises his <gasps> gun and is it andy who shoots him it's andy who shoots him and he shoots him and he dies and he, he becomes a ghosty he dead he's a ghost boy now too yeah and that's when piper has a i've never seen a human die yeah, and they're all like... <laughs> Jaffna, Jeremy. Jeremy, the three shapeshifters. No, a human. Gosh, guys. Uh, Yama bursts onto the scene, and Mark and 
I think his bravest moment in the show grabs Tony, shoves him against the wall by his lapels, and then is like, you're going to hell. Make a wish, bastard. Is that what he says? Yeah. Oh, because I see it's a good symmetry of the, yeah. yeah. Mm, Full mm, circle. Book end. Got it. So what happens? <laughs> he spins him around, and he throws him onto uh, Yama's awaiting spear. Yeah, and his soul gets sucked off to purgatory. And Yama is coming for Mark, too. But then Piper jumps in front of him. No! Piper! No! Piper! You don't get to take this guy. He doesn't belong with you. He's a good person. And um, the sisters stand with him. Yeah. And Yama's like, oh, shit. Okay. okay. <laughs> and he turns around and rides off to purgatory to transport Tony to the bad place. Those three sisters just convince the god of death to turn around and go back from whence he came. Can you imagine? It's a lot of badass things happen yeah, in this truly, entire episode, but this truly. scene especially. John Cho has a diehard moment. Like, <laughs> uh, Piper has a, has a, I'm saving the love of my afterlife moment. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> um, it's wonderful. And they save him. So they're all there at his funeral. Mm-hmm. His mom has found his bones yeah. thanks to police work by uh, Piper and Mark. Yes. And Andy. Yes. And they're watching the ceremony and Mark is really reflecting on all of it mm-hmm. and on all that his mother will never know. Like everything she yeah. taught him is true um, about the spirit realm. Yeah. He says all the Chinese fairy tales you taught me were true. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> Piper and Mark have a last moment. Um, where it's like, where were you all my life? Yeah. And it's it's super sweet and sad, and she's crying. And Holly Marie Combs crying really gets me. Oh. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Um, it makes her look extremely, like, delicate and vulnerable, mm-hmm. like crying does for many people. But for mm-hmm. me, it just looks like snot everywhere. <laughs> um, I look super red-faced. Yeah, 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 same. I might, my eyes get really, really green, mm-hmm. um, and I look like poison ivy. Oh, my goodness. Maybe I am. Maybe I need to harness the power of my emotions. Um, anyway, so they have this tender moment, and then... Uh, <laughs> Uh, Mark's dad shows up. Oh yeah, in in the distance, over by the bridge, the symbolic yeah. bridge, and he's a smiling businessman yeah. in a suit. He looks so like happy to see his son. He's so happy to see his son to welcome his son to his rightful place in heaven, uh-huh. where you know led to imagine. And um, so Mark says a last goodbye, and then he walks over to his dad, who greets him. And they do the father-son walk into heaven. Yeah, arms around each other's shoulders. They're going to go fishing. They're going to go fishing. It's Play so, a game of catch. It's so bittersweet. Yeah. More than anything, it made me happy, I would say. Yes. I think so. Um, and then they go to the birthday. Because guess what? Surprise birthday, not off. Not off. Somehow, Piper has had the emotional capacity to make this surprise birthday party My happen. God. She fought the triads. She found dead bodies. She got kidnapped. She got kidnapped. She went to a funeral. And then she had a birthday party for her sister. Piper does everything. She, she can do it all. Oh, my God. The perfect person. Marry me, Piper, please. So they go back to the manor. Uh, surprise, it's a birthday. And the sisters go to mingle. And uh, Prue looks across the room, sees that Andy's there, and they share uh, an understanding head nod (laughs) and a smile. And I think that's it. That's it. And then we go to credits. We've done it yet again. What shall we close out on? Um, I would close out on this. Don't wait until your sweetheart is a ghost Mm -hmm. to give them kisses. Give them kisses now give them lots of kisses kisses yes and um yeah good okay oh uh in my um 
pseudo-rap, I mentioned something about Tao. Uh, Taoism is different from Buddhism. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us at Charmed Spellcast on Instagram. You can write us at charmedspellcast at gmail.com. Please do. I'm Shayna. You can find me at Shayna Macy. I'm Bryce. You can find me at nude.js or at finished foodstagram, all one word. Would recommend. And please hope you had a good family or friends gathering. Yes. Uh, hope you celebrated Thanksgiving in a way that is most meaningful to you. Yes. And we'll see you in a little bit. Thanks. Oh, hey girl. You looking like a snack. Like a, like a Shaolong Pao or something like that. This cologne? Oh, this is the scent of death. Yeah, it's Gucci, fall collection. Hey, is it hot in here? Or do we just get the incense sticks going? Okay, we messed with those triads. But triads I just might. I gotta tell you, I wanna kiss you real bad. Yo, damn, that's sad. So you know I got that zombie love. I'll take that to my grave. You got baggage, I got bondage. Hey, don't kink shame. I wish I had more time. I'd take you out to dim sum. I'd buy you mooncakes in autumn and we'd just sit and we'd just eat them. It's you and it's me, dear. We're a hot recipe for disaster. It just wasn't Tao. Who knows what comes after? Earbud Media Production. Earbud Media. Audio for everyone.